Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The flat-out hatred of women from the political left has reached new heights because there is now an aggressive push to make the hatred not only acceptable, not only palatable, but a a matter of uh, fait accompli. That women should absolutely take a backseat to men in sports, that women should absolutely take a backseat to men in society, and that the so-called feminists, who are all about protecting women, only see women as a tool to utilize politically. They don't actually respect the difference. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. We should be clear that there's a difference between men and women. But when these people go about trying to say that a man can be a woman, a man can't be a woman. You know, it's it's the idea of how does one define what a woman is without saying the word woman, right? And then they'll say to you that, well, a woman is, is someone who identifies with feminine characteristics. So you mean they wear a dress? So that, that's what you're saying. A woman is a woman because a woman wears a, a dress or, or makeup or, or uh, dangly earrings. So therefore, they're nothing more than, than a costume. Being a woman is this thing of pretend, is this thing of make-believe. And I think that's pretty damn despicable stuff. Awful, awful stuff. But in front of Congress yesterday, as they're having this conversation about transgender athletes in school sports, which, yes, I would not allow on any level. I absolutely would not allow boys to play in girls' sports ever. Doesn't matter that you say to me that that's mean or that's rude. No, what's mean and rude is not letting women compete against women. Because women who compete against men are going to lose out because men, by and large, are stronger and faster and physically superior. You can hate that all you want. It is a fact. Like, for example, you could hate all you want that only women can have children. Only women can bear children. But it is still fact. You can hate it, but only women can bear children. Only women. And, for example, Congresswoman Summer Lee, in uh, making her opening statement in one of these hearings, goes after Riley Gaines, calling her transphobic. Riley Gaines is the swimmer. She didn't want to have to compete against a guy, Leah Thomas. That's a guy. Leah Thomas is a guy. And Riley Gaines notes that she was, uh, these are her words, I was a very good swimmer, very good collegiate career. Top on this, top on that, top on the other. I think it's her husband now. He had a nice swimming career, but was not at the very, very top. He could beat me any day of the week. It's just reality. And for saying things like this, Congresswoman Lee refers to Riley Gaines as transphobic. Riley Gaines, in her opening statement, responds... And it takes uh, Representative Lee a good 60 seconds to get her composure and then lose her mind. And Ranking Member Lee, if my testimony makes me transphobic, then I believe your opening monologue makes you a misogynist. Thank you.
I now thank you, uh, Ms. Gaines. I now recognize Ms. Perry for her opening statements. Good afternoon, Chairman McLean, Ranking Member Lee, and distinguished members of the subcommittee. My name is Sarah Parshall Perry. I am a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. As a former varsity athlete, the mother of a girls' varsity athlete, and former senior counsel for civil rights at the Department of Education, I have, as the saying goes, uh, Madam Chair, excuse me, I move to have uh, the gentlewoman's words taken down. It took her, uh, it's, it's basically a good 40 seconds, to realize that she just let Riley Gaines call her a misogynist and now she wants Riley Gaines words stricken from the record taken down so she's interrupting somebody else to get this done the best is they start scrambling the committee will suspend so Ms. Perry no longer gets to give her opening statement they're all conferring with their people with lawyers you know how the system works uh, can they do this? Can they not do this? What does it mean? How does it work? Madam Chair, she's engaging in personalities. You called her transphobic. Can I just ask how it's fair to be called transphobic? There's a thing. I would say men disguising themselves as women are engaging in personalities. Order. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Order, order. Let's, let's get a ruling. The chair... And there's Representative Ocasio-Cortez. And Lee is so angry. She can't have it stricken. She can't have it taken down. It isn't going to work. It isn't going to fly. She's going to open herself up to other issues. This is all happening in front of the members of the committee and the panelists. Here. She's going she's gonna to say the magic words in a second. Okay, I move to withdraw the point of order. Thank you, Ms. Lee. Um, I now recognize Ms. Perry for her opening statement. We can start over. Thank you. And now she goes back to it. That is fantastic. Good for Riley Gaines for standing up to these people who want to erase women. And of course they're liberal women. Liberal women who want to erase women. Now, if you need more proof of this, how about Fatima Goss-Graves? who is the president and CEO of the National Women's Law Center. I'm going to play you the clip. You tell me what she said. And success in school sports depends on a whole range of factors, including how hard you work and coaching and access to really good resources and facilities. And trans students participate in sports for the same reason as their kids, because it is fun because it creates belonging and community, because it teaches so much about persistence and leadership and and discipline, unless they learn to lose gracefully, hopefully. And often they learn to win with dignity, hopefully. Um, They learn to do the sort of work that means you have higher grades and stay connected to school. I want every kid to have that chance, to have the chance to play. So if, if, if I were to hear you correctly, Ms. Graves, boys should be allowed to say they're girls and play in sports where they can clearly dominate the girls and the girls 
should learn to lose gracefully. It teaches so much about persistence and leadership and, and discipline unless they learn to lose gracefully, hopefully. Well, that's a take. You see that, young ladies? The feminists want to make sure you know how to lose gracefully. That's what matters. You know, I hear this a lot in the um, in, in, in college basketball, women's college basketball. I don't think it's true in the pros. Women's college basketball, at the end of a game, they have to shake hands with the opposing team. That's, that's like one of the rules. I don't think men's college basketball has that rule. The women have that rule. Now, the fact that I might like the rule and think it should happen everywhere, because we should be about sportsmanship, um, and that, that, that's, that's different. I don't know why that rule exists for the women and not the men. I always thought that was super, super duper, super duper weird. But even more weird, the idea that here is the president and CEO of the National Women's Law Center saying that women should learn how to lose gracefully to men. That is hatred. That is hatred of women. And... It exists all over the place for these progressives. These progressives who, who, who push this idea of here's how you create a better, more equal, more just society demand that women accept less and accept being treated as less. You're not even women. You're nothing more than a costume, and you have to learn how to lose gracefully to men. I didn't know I was an actual feminist because these people aren't feminists. These people, as Riley Gaines so aptly explained, are misogynists. But this brings us to Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is guaranteed to get it wrong at all times, and cue the representative. Now, I've spent um, a decent amount of my time here in Congress sitting through panels and hearings of men attempting to restrict the rights of women and telling us that it's for our own good. Um, but I want to dive a little bit more deeply into why this issue with targeting trans women in sports is particularly problematic, not just for trans girls, but for all of us. Let's take a, a, a moment. I have no idea what hearing she's Referring to, we could probably have a billion disagreements uh, with that. Uh, The very concept of a trans girl. Listen to me very carefully. I make no argument to the fact that this is not difficult stuff. I accept that it's difficult. And I accept never never having gone through it, that I may not fully understand the level of difficulty there is. What this does to parents and how parents try and work through these things with their kids whom they love by the way and trying to maintain some connection you know some parents out there push their kids into this they are abusive as i see and i'm going to talk more about the abusiveness coming up in a little bit <laughs> but i want to i want to get back to this idea that we're accepting somehow this idea 
that boys could say they're girls and it's all just normal. The way Representative Ocasio-Cortez brings that forward as if that's normal. No, it's not. And if you have sat through any level of hearing where men try to tell women what to do and it's good for them, why are you now doing exactly the same thing? Telling these women what they have to accept and how it's good for them. Remember, you'll learn to lose gracefully. Isn't that swell? She starts off with a falsehood and then bases her entire conversation on wanting to right a wrong by doing wrong. She, she's precious, I tell yous. We're here today because there's a proposal here and there are several proposals here uh, to further marginalize trans women in sports. And I think about this all the time because trans people in the United States doesn't even exceed 1% of our population. And yet there's so many resources and energy and time dedicated to figuring out how we can more finally exclude them um, from our sports. No, there is more and more of a willingness to stand up for young women, which you won't do. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez hates women. I said it. I meant it. Also, she also hates brown children. What? She, she doesn't show up to the border to cry. No photo ops when Joe Biden is in office. Kids in cages. And she is not there to shed a tear. She doesn't care what happens to kids coming across unaccompanied to the border. She doesn't care about the rape trees. She doesn't care about uh, the, 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 the drug use and the, and the sexual trafficking. She doesn't care about brown children. She doesn't care about women. She isn't good. She isn't kind. She isn't decent. She's a terrible person with terrible policies. I used to argue, I don't know her personally. Maybe she's a nice person personally. You could have a beer with her and she'd be lovely. I- I'm willing to bet that that is the case. But how many more ways is she going to tell you that she's awful? She doesn't care about brown children. She only cares when she can use them as a literal physical prop. And she doesn't care uh, about women in sports. And I thought, why? Why? Why so much effort and dedication on such a tiny portion of the U.S. population when there virtually is no major issue that is... um, that this is precipitating. And I started to realize that a lot of these proposals here um, involve invasion of privacy. Oh, we're going to stop right there. We're going to stop right there. Boys cannot be girls. So what you're doing is trying to codify the idea that children can lie to themselves and lie to others. That is not a way to build a civil society. Boys cannot be girls and girls cannot be boys ever, ever, ever. And you have to stop somehow enabling this thought process. Secondly, it is not an invasion of privacy to let women compete against other women. To let them fight, if you will, on the level playing field. It is decent normal, rational, and it is good. And to somehow subvert that, which is what Representative Ocasio-Cortez and, and what um, uh, Ms. Ms. Graves, uh, Fatima Graves, are trying to do, that is duplicitous. 
That is evil. But look how they try and spin it. Look how they try and maneuver it. Look how they try and, 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 and change the entirety of the conversation. Pure, raw, unadulterated evil, if I'm being asked to quote Time Bandits. It's disgusting what it is that Representative Ocasio-Cortez has put forward here. So we are clear. Nobody, nobody is saying of a grown man who decides to live a certain way that they can't do so. Go live your life. But your decisions do not get to impact the decisions of others. No, I don't believe that a 15-year-old boy can make this choice. And I believe that parents that do proactively go down this road are doing their children an unbelievable disservice. I believe it is a danger. In some cases, the parents are just trying to figure out what to do to let their kid get through a phase and hopefully, you know, move forward from this. Again, can't imagine what that is. But this does not mean that other parents have to watch their daughters suffer or lose out or not make a team or not get a scholarship because a boy was having himself an issue which is diagnosed in the diagnostic manual for psychiatrists, the DSM-5, and now these girls suffer because this boy has himself an issue. His issue is his. How dare you think it should be applied to these girls? to these women in sports, that's what's disgusting. It is a hatred of women and it's a hatred of others when we allow this. The issue here is why do people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez hate women so much? Why do they treat them like props? Why do liberal women act this way? We will dig in on it. This is Tony Katz today. As if on cue, Google launches a new AI model, the largest and most capable AI model called Gemini. Because what we need is more AI. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That's the number. Uh, we, we, we don't need more. We, we, we might need to make what we have better. I mean, who am I to tell these people they can't be in, in, in business? Uh, they're claiming that Gemini Pro outperformed uh, OpenAI's uh, GPT-3.5. Not quite sure how it stacks up against GPT-4. Okay, fine. It's too much. It's too much and it's too creepy. But it is the future and your kids may want to know how it works. And you may want to know how it works. Because it might be something you utilize with your work. It might be something that can replace your work. You should have an understanding of what it is. But I gotta wonder at this stage of the game if we're just being, if we're just being silly about it. We're just throwing it out there and throwing it out there in hopes that it keeps the stock price up and not worrying about the result that the AI, the, the artificial intelligence creates. This is the concern. I think it's a rational one. But uh, yeah, Google's got another one. I thought they had Bard now, or is, or is Bard uh, with Microsoft? I can't remember. More AI people. Just what we always wanted. This is Tony Katz today.
I will admit to you that I am not surprised by the president of Harvard or University of Pennsylvania or MIT not uh, defending Jewish students and being very okay with calls for genocide occurring on their on their college campus. And, and it could be because I have never put any faith in any college president to stand up for Jews in an understanding that in the liberal world, that by definition, they hate Jews. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Now, it sounds weird. Why? I thought they were supposed to be with the underdog, and, and uh, really, it was all about white Christians, and they're the enemy, and no, 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 no. If you live in a world that teaches that everything is oppressed and oppressor, how many more times have you had to be told by the political left that they view Israel as an oppressor, that when the moment came, they would be nowhere in support of uh, Jewish members of their college campus who were with them for everything, even to the idea that Israel is wrong for what they're doing with settlements, and uh, which I, of course, never believed. I think the only issue with settlements is that Israel doesn't build enough of them. I am that guy because I think there are better students possibly of history than I am. But I do not believe that one listens to a terrorist organization about how to maneuver as a nation. And if Hamas was gone, I think a lot more good things could happen. And I think that you could put an end to some level of settlements. But as long as Hamas is going to be there, I want Israel building settlements anywhere they want. Any apartment complex they want to build, any house they want to build, any structure they want to build, I'm totally fine with it. I apologize to no one for it. Terrorists do not get to decide for the rest of us how we, the free and thinking people, the normal people of society act. But you take a look at the amount of people who are amazed at all the support for a terrorist group, and I'm also left befuddled by that. How did you not know that they, that they support terrorist groups? Of course they do. Of course they do, because if everything in their worldview is oppressed and oppressor, the idea of a terrorist doesn't exist. Only the oppressive Israeli regime exists. And that's what we learned from BDS, boycott, divestment, and, and sanction. That's what we learned every time people like Jew hater Rashida Tlaib used the concept of apartheid state. It was always about oppressed and oppressor. It was always the Marxism at play. This is where liberals are. And I, for one, am amazed that more people didn't see it. But I think I would be better served if I recognized that some people didn't see it. What do I win by being mad at these people? And don't get me wrong, I am. But there's nothing that I win. I don't change hearts and minds. I don't get to get people thinking in a different way. My, my conversations would become lost if I was just angry and bitter that that these people didn't understand what was happening around them. What if they didn't understand and now they do? A, a story that was once told to me, it was at a funeral. Um, the first person I ever knew, young person who, who died, and they were 19, went to high school together, went to elementary school. Together. We, we were in Cub Scouts together. 
And um, someone at the funeral stated that he was the kind of guy who never who who wouldn't yell at you for being late when to showing up to the party. He was just glad you came to the party. And I always thought, my God, if 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 I could live a life short, long, and hopefully long and, and, and healthy, where someone could say that about me, that I was just happy to see you, no matter how late you were to the party. That's good. Like, that's a, that's a really good place to be. And I actually, whether I understood it or not, because I was going through my own issues with depression and then from there with the suicidal thoughts that took that took out my 20s um that stuck with me like that's 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 a that's something to aspire to as 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 an idea as a goal as a as a philosophy you could be you know frustrated if you will but in the end you need to be glad that people show up so i am I am glad that people show up. I'm glad that people realize. And I am very glad that in the hearing yesterday, <coughs> forgive me, guys, uh, the, the chest cold is knocking me around. So sometimes the, the breathing ain't easy. So I apologize. Um, those questions from Elise Stefanik out of New York, the questions that were asked to Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard University, uh, to McGill, the president of University of Pennsylvania, the questions that were asked uh, to um, to the president of MIT, it, it, uh, they were important questions. Is it within the code of conduct to have students calling for genocide of the Jewish people. And one by one, they answered by saying, well, if, if the conduct led to action, then there would be a problem. If the conduct led to action, you mean if they actually committed genocide, then it would be an issue? But now it's it's just, you know, totally fine? It, it That's insane. It is surreal and insane. This was uh, the probably the the most popular back and forth. Uh, Congresswoman Stefanik asking uh, the president of Harvard, Claudine Gay, about this. You're recognized for five minutes. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard. Correct. Our commitment to it's free a yes speech. or no question. Is that corrected? Is that? okay for students to call for the mass murder of African-Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech It's a yes or no question. Let me ask you this. You are president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? I've heard that term, yes. And you understand that the use of the term intifada in the context of the Israeli-Arab conflict is indeed a call for violent armed resistance against the state of Israel, including violence against civilians and the genocide of Jews. Are you aware of that? She wouldn't really answer the, 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 the question. She did that a lot. She did that a lot. As a matter of fact, when it came to Jews, as she was being asked the questions by the, 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 the chairwoman, Ms. Fox, she was very specific 
to leave out certain words. On the campuses, this foundational to this issue, denial of the right of Israel to exist. So I want to ask each one of you, President Gay, do you believe that Israel has a right to exist as a Jewish nation? I agree that the state of Israel has the right to exist. But that was not the question, President Gay. Do you believe that Israel has the right to exist as a Jewish nation? Was the question. And you did not answer. You changed your answer so you didn't have to say Jewish. If you want to ask now whether or not there's a serious, serious issue with anti-Semitism, with bigotry, with hate at the elite campuses of America, you have the answer. The answer is, oh, hell yeah, there are serious, serious, serious issues. They're proud of it. They embrace it. You can call for genocide on a college campus, no problem. They won't even admit that Israel is is a Jewish nation. That's its purpose. Now, some people don't like this, obviously. One of those people is Congressman Thomas Massey. I have supported Thomas Massey on multiple occasions. Congressman from Kentucky. I dig him. But man, his issues with Israel, this, this is real and this is ridiculous. And uh, the tweets coming out lately um, re- regarding he's using a, a Drake meme to talk about Zionism. It's not cute, Congressman. You look like a putz. A putz. But again, that I'm, I'm disappointed in in Congressman Massey, I am not surprised that there are member of Cong- members of Congress who feel this way. I will admit that I am surprised when I see Congressman Richie Torres, Democrat out of New York, or Senator John Fetterman out of Pennsylvania being so proactive in their support for Israel. This is where I go, oh my gosh, did you see that? That's amazing. Because it is. Seeing the hate, seeing the, the, the violence, seeing the acceptance of the bigotry against Jews, I again say to you, I have no idea how everybody doesn't see this, hasn't seen this. I have no idea how they have not witnessed this. Blows my mind. But... I don't want to exclude them. So I want to say to you, I get it. It's pretty gross. And I get that for you, it's rather surprising. The question before us is, what does one do about it? Now, in in the case of of college campuses, certainly there's an idea of federal funding. Um, There should be no federal funding at all for universities that push this kind of bigotry. And as we're starting to see from a lot of people, there should be no college president, no university president that is so proactive 
in this idea that talk of genocide shouldn't be shouted down. Oh, yeah, the students here can call for genocide all they want. It's fine. These are two different things. There are places where the federal government, if they're, if they're giving money, um, it has to stop. And there are places where the university and the alumni, and et cetera, has to work outside the purview of government to change things in their house. And I think both those things should happen. One of the things they did yesterday, uh, members of Congress, Republicans, uh, they had students speaking about the bigotry going on in their campuses. And this is Talia Khan, who is a graduate student at MIT. Thank you so much, Representative Fox and Representative Stefanik for inviting me here today. My name is Talia Khan. I am an undergraduate alumna of MIT and a current graduate student at MIT. I am the daughter of a Jewish mother and an Afghan Muslim immigrant father. I am the proud president of the MIT Israel Alliance, and I am a Jewish student currently immersed in an extremely toxic anti-Semitic atmosphere at MIT. The MIT administration, namely President Sally Kornbluth, has failed to address the crisis of rampant anti-Semitism on campus. There is a radical anti-Israel group at MIT called the CAA. In recent weeks, the CAA's anti-Semitic rhetoric has shifted the culture on campus to such an extreme of intolerance that 70% of MIT's Jewish students polled feel forced to hide their identities and perspectives. An Israeli student whose identity and personal info was sold online for a bounty has not left his dorm room in weeks out of fear due to death threats. For my part, I was forced to leave my study group for my doctoral exams halfway through the semester because my group members told me that the people at the Nova Music Festival deserved to die because they were partying on stolen land. You think this has to do with Judaism? This is exactly my point. This has to do with progressivism. It has to do with Marxism. Everything's the oppressed oppressor. They don't know anything about religion. They don't know anything about the Middle East. They don't know anything about the so-called Palestinian people. All they know is oppressed and oppressor. Which leads me to the how could you be surprised? But okay, here we are now. I see you. Uh, A couple things. Uh, I'm in favor of radically changing the university system. And I'm in favor of getting rid of lots of university presidents. I'm in favor of starving universities of funding. And I am in favor of alumni growing up and realizing there's more than just the football team. Stop being fools and start focusing on a university that matters. And that's true of MIT and Harvard and and, and, and UPenn, and that's true of schools uh, across my beloved Indiana, in Michigan, in Texas, uh, everywhere. Absolutely true. I will also say this on a very personal level. You're a Jewish student at some school, and you're worried about leaving, leaving the house, leaving the dorm. I swear to you, I can't be there every day, but I'll come. I have friends who will show up. You don't hide. You don't hide your Judaism. You don't hide your chai. You don't hide your menorah. You wear a kippah, a yarmulke, the head covering, if you choose. 
They have to live in a pluralist society, even if we have to force them to do it. And any university that won't protect you, that's a president who has to get fired, and that's an administration that has to be gone. So call anytime, guys. There are more of us than there are of them. And now we have to go prove whose side we're on. Because you have to pick a side. I'm Tony Katz. According to ADP, a private payrolls grew 103,000 in November, but it's ADP, so don't listen to them at all. Just, just don't. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. I'm not knocking their work as a company, payroll company. I, I've talked about using them. I've seen others use them and very, very happy with them as a payroll group. I'm saying that when they come to the numbers, it's, it's, it's always wrong. Wrong as wrong can be. So no, I'll wait I'll wait till we get to uh, what the actual jobs numbers are. It's 103,000. I have no idea if it's true or it's not. It's ADP. Meanwhile, McDonald's, they see the future. They want to have 9,000 restaurants by 2027. 9,000. That's crazy. And it might happen. This is Tony Katz today. Tony Katz.